0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always Stan McCune realtor here in the Greenville area, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. And please, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, like, whatever if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, whatever. Please, however, those platforms allow you to interact. That's all I ask is that you do that, like, review, subscribe, and that you use me as your realtor at some point, hopefully, uh, in your lifetime here in Greenville. Um, today, I'm very excited to have a real estate investor in the Greenville area on the show uh, to have a great conversation. Uh, this has been in the works for uh, for a little for a little bit. It's been in the works for a minute. <laughs> Um, and a lot of that is just, uh, it's just my fault. I've just been so busy. But I have Willie Coleman uh, here on the show. Willie is maybe the maybe started in real estate investing younger than anyone else in Greenville. I don't know anyone else that started earlier. He started at the age of 15 and, uh, and is now uh, still very young, 22 years old, which blows my mind because I've been, uh, I, I mean, I've known Willie since pre-pandemic for sure. Um, so you would have been, I mean, like a teenager when we first met, but I didn't know that
1: (laughs) Uh, you held,
0: you held yourself a lot, uh, uh, to a much higher standard than a, than a standard 17, 18 year old. Um, but Willie, yeah, before I let Willie, uh, have the mic as it were, um, I just want to say that he really knows real estate when you're working with other real estate investors, um, and me as both an agent and an investor, it becomes apparent pretty quickly if people actually know what they're doing. And it became very quickly that Willie does know what he's doing. Um, despite his, uh, his smile and charm, he's a pretty ruthless negotiator as well, I'll say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, But whether flipping houses, building new construction, owning Airbnb properties, wholesaling, uh, whatever, uh, game respects game. Willie, uh, it has done it all. And, uh, so yeah, Willie, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it,
1: man. Stan. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm pumped to be here. We got to keep doing these Greenville podcasts. It's like we got everything else growing. So let's grow this side too. So I'm excited to keep it in the, in the, in the city, if you, if you'd have it. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Willie,
0: um, for those of you that don't know, Willie was recently on, the cash compound podcast with local legend uh jay do i have i don't know jay do super well but uh we overlapped at college um and Mm. so he was he did a lot for bob jones university when he was there he's done a lot for the city of greenville as well great i mean i don't know how much hype stuff he's doing but he's like the ultimate hype man to me like oh yeah (laughs) sorry what was that
1: No, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's like Greenville's mascot at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Just when I hear his voice, I just get hyped. It doesn't matter what he's talking about. (laughs) Um, But but on that show, if you guys want to listen to The Cash Compound, um, he and Willie had a great conversation where Willie goes into a lot of more detail than what we're going to cover in this episode as to how he got into real estate investing. That being said, I don't want people to be kind of flying blind as they're hearing this. So if you could give us kind of a Reader's Digest version of how you got into uh, real estate investing at a young age and kind of what that looked
1: like. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, long story short, I was always the kid um, that never really fit into the crowd. You know, I I grew up, grew up as a homeschooled kid. Um, My parents in the military. So, kind of been all over the world. Uh, my parents, um, my parents, my brother was born in Japan. I ended up being born in New Mexico. Blah blah blah. And uh, when it comes to real estate, how I kind of got into this field, like I said, I was homeschooled. And at the age of probably, I want to say, thirteen years old, my parents uh, ended up getting into a partnership uh, with real estate investors at the time my parents my mom she was has a really good design eye my dad used to build houses back home in Alabama and uh they they were really just trying to figure out what was next in their life and they said you know what they saw on TV let's try to flip a house so they ended up doing a partnership Well, me being homeschooled you know after I was done with my work my mom was like hey look you're going to get to work so uh lovingly right and <laughs> of course it, uh, you know that that forced thing but so I decided to uh, go go to work with my parents. And uh, after I was on with school, every every pretty much every other day, um, when they would buy a house, I'd be the the guy to do their landscape, their um, you know their demolition. Um, I would also take it uh, up, up, like you know most of these properties that they're buying, um, they are you know not the best looking properties, but there's some things you can salvage. So I would literally salvage like any of the appliances in these properties, any of the cabinetry, I would salvage uh, the toiletry work. And I'd, I'd, I'd take this stuff out carefully instead of just knocking it out, I'd take it out carefully. And at 13, if my, 14 If years my old,
0: contractor is listening to us, listen carefully, buddy. Uh, <laughs> listen no, I'm, carefully. I'm, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a way to increase your your uh, your revenue. That's right. But uh, I would literally just put this stuff on offer up on Craigslist. And I kid you not, I mean, at 13, 14 years old, on top of what my parents are paying me to do demolition and landscape, I'm making probably two to $3,000 a month just from selling appliances, old appliances and cabinetry and just whatever made sense I could sell. I mean, I, I remember listening to like a purple tub one time, just random stuff. I mean, you, you'd be surprised what people will buy from you. And, uh, so <laughs> I've had some experience just...
0: with Facebook Marketplace, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could be surprised at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there are very few now, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, so I just I just always kind of have that entrepreneur mindset of like, look, you don't have to go the traditional route. Um, There's opportunity in everything you look at. And so I would do this stuff for my parents. uh, Fast forward a few years going going throughout the time, still doing demolition landscape. And then I would evolve. So I started doing electrical, plumbing, roofing. I mean, I, I literally can build a house. I know the process and I've done many, many parts of the process to make it happen. And so as we go along that process, I'm 15 at the time, I they take me along, they bring me to a CREA meeting or a Ria meeting uh, in our area, it's called CREA. And um, go to this meeting, I hear the concept of hosting real estate. And my, my, my ears kind of peak because these people are talking about the concept of finding a discounted property, getting it under contract, not needing per se cash to close on it and just assigning your rights to that contract to the end buyer. So in other words, in my head, I'm like, huh, I'm pretty good at, like, finding something that's not that great and then finding somebody that wants it. One's man's trash, another man's treasure type of thing. And, you know, being uh, the entrepreneur mindset of, you know, figuring stuff out, right? A lot of times, um, you know, you hear a concept, and it's such a big concept. It's like, you know, we, we, we get all these things in our head. Let me hit on that in a second. We, I mean, let me slow down a little bit. But anyway, You're basically learn the, the concept of wholesaling Uh, I started an LLC with my brother because you can't buy a house at 15 years old or sign a contract for one. So I started an LLC with my brother. He was, I think, 19 or 20 at the time. And uh, both went on the LLC, and uh, I basically just started, you know, doing the work. I I just – the people at this meeting were saying how you can find houses. You can find them to do sending letters and bandit signs and cold calling and all this stuff. And I, I picked a strategy, and I said, hey, I can do this. I can talk to somebody. And so I started, I started cold calling people. And uh, at the age of 15, I ended up doing my first deal. Uh, we made a stupid amount of money. And uh, by the time I was 15 to 18 years old, I think I wholesaled probably 60 to 70 properties, something like that. Yep. And uh was like, yeah, I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm not going to college. This is it. This is what I'm doing. Started buying and uh, all types of the crazy stuff I'm sure we're going to get into here in a minute. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I started and by just doing the work. I don't know. if uh,
0: I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I actually got in as a wholesaler as well originally, mm. but I hated wholesaling. Uh, it was it, it, like the way you were describing that it utilized your skill sets. It was the opposite for me. It was like, no, this is not utilizing my skill sets. Well, I'm not a cold caller. I'm not that that type of person. Um, and yeah. so that's why I've kind of found my my spot in the uh, in the retail side of things. Um, wow. Yeah. But what was what was that like getting into it from a, a really young age? I mean, did you did you actually enjoy the work or did you just enjoy the money? Were there times you resented it? you know what what was that like? Just you know yeah. those teenage years?
1: Yeah uh, good question man. Um, I feel like this. I feel like at the time, did I enjoy the work? I just was addicted to the hustle. I was addicted to making it happen. You know, growing up as, as, as a homeschool kid, you know, I didn't have the distractions. I didn't have, you know, uh, whether that may be, uh, you know, going to a party or going to, you know, getting into relationships or whatever that might be. Um, They weren't there for me. So all it was in my life was, you know, schoolwork, and outside of that, it's like, what's my hobby? What do you do in your free time? And, you know, whether it's uh, my parents being in the military or exactly where it comes from, I have a, there's something in me that I don't want to do any, anything halfway. And I don't want to not use my God-given gift. Um, and I feel like, you know, at that time, what I saw my God-given gift was, was just the ability to um, just make, make stuff happen. And whether that was me being the guy to physically swing the hammer to take the cabinets down or, um, you know, planting bushes or whatever, I did have some sort of satisfaction in that. But of course, yeah, the reward of making money was great. And being able to make money at such a young age, uh, you know, to me, that was a God given talent, you know, and of course, like anybody, I mean, I I was not, you know, I did not enjoy doing that work by any means uh, for the majority of the time, but I did enjoy the results. Um, and learning how to work smarter so again starting as a demo guy um, then evolving and saying hey why am I destroying these cabinets why won't I salvage these and make some money on them so I think I like the the process and how I was evolving I think that's what I kind of fell in love with, with was just evolving and how do I start working smarter here and not not just working harder to make more and so I love that process and in the transition from Working with my parents and doing their properties to actually becoming a full time wholesaler, going on to buying properties, etc. The the pathway, uh, I think that's continued in my life even today. Is just loving getting better and evolving and, and, and really creating something. And so I I love uh, the work. Do I love it every day? No, but I do love the end in mind. And the end in mind is whatever the goal is at the time. So again, if it's wholesaling a property, it's solving a problem for that seller. And then it's, of course, getting an assignment fee. So I start there, you know, and everything else in between that's going to a property 15 times, that's, oh, you're going to contract, the, it fell through and da 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 da. That's the process. And so honestly, you know, I don't, you know, even to this day, I do not love what I do. Um, but I do love the end of mine, which is one day this thing is running on, the goal is autopilot. You know, true business to me is something that runs with you or without you. And that's what drives me every day. And uh, God's given me the ability to be able to talk to people and uh, the ability to uh, put it, the pieces together. Um, and so I love the process. Uh, do I love every part of the process? No. And anybody that says they do, mm, they're probably fluffing <laughs> a little bit. I, I know um, a lot of real
0: estate investors and, <laughs> and they get bloodied in this business. Like they, it can, it can. Eat, chew you up and spit you out if you're if you're not man, careful the
1: ability to eat crap six days a week and maybe the ability to eat caviar the seventh <laughs> is what we're going for but to to keep going for 30 40 50 days at a time and just keep waiting for that caviar day that's <laughs> that's that's the thing man <laughs> that's
0: right that's right so have you yeah. ever come close to burnout do you feel like
1: oh yeah oh yeah i think i think um you know i'm, I'm actually in the process you know of reading a book called The Gap in the Game um, by Dan Sullivan. And that book really goes into detail of how how we psychologically need to approach life in general, but also business in terms of, you know, burnout, right? Burnout or, you know, enjoying the process, right? So although, you know, we all know the end result, whether that's to get, you know, get the deal closed, get the assignment fee, whatever, whatever the end result is. We know we're striving for that, but it, you got to enjoy the process too. Otherwise you're going to burn out. And so for me, um, I'm still, you know, I'm, I don't have it all figured out. I'm still kind of figuring out the day to day of what's keeping you, you know, showing up every day to to find the next deal or et cetera, et cetera. And I'm still, you know, definitely looking for whether what you call it purpose, or whether you call it whatever, uh, definitely looking for it. But the reality is I have found, I always think about the alternative, right? And I say, well, what's the alternative? You know, um, for me, right? I, I you know went to high school, didn't go to college. Um, you know, didn't have anything of the traditional sense of an of a uh, you know of of, of a pathway or, or a fallback per se, right? Like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I'll just go X, Y, and Z. No, for me, it's like if this doesn't work out, I'm starting at literally zero, zero, zero. Yeah. And so for me, you know, what sort of motivates, motivates me a lot is like, well, just think about, oh, my God, if all this was going tomorrow, okay, uh, how would that make you feel? Or if I, you know, just simple things, right, power, electric, Wi-Fi, just being thankful for what we have, you know, um, that really keeps, gets me juiced up, you know, and it's just yeah, like sure. people don't yeah. really, we in America especially, we take for granted just the basic necessities, um and so I, i'm a big foodie right i like to eat you know the reality is i don't i don't do much but i like so i am driven by eating good and traveling and so you know i've got to be able to eat sushi at least you know a couple times a week so it's like all right that motivates me <laughs> but uh but yeah man it's interesting it's like starting with the, the thought process of yeah this can be going tomorrow so let's let's make sure we secure this and still have it so let's keep going you know that's kind Absolutely. of what what's, what's yeah
0: yeah so when i was in high school um, I was pretty busy. Um, you know, I I was actually homeschooled through seventh grade. But then after that, I went mm. to a Christian school. Um, I stayed busy. I played a lot of sports. Um, I started working before anyone else in, in my class did, about the same age that you did. Except I started mm. in the restaurant business, making like minimum wage. Um, eventually, by the end of my time in high school, I was kind of in a managerial role. Uh, but I was working like 60 hours a week uh, during... 60-70 hours wow. a week during the summer. And Absolutely. I might make, you know, again back then I might make 7 or 800 dollars uh, in a week, you know, working that much. So, um I'm curious uh if you don't mind sharing like what what were you bankrolling back then and and those high school years?
1: I mean, dude, I was probably doing again 2 to 3,000 a month um at, you know, 14-15 years old. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. By the by, the end of high school, what, what was that up to? By the time you're like 18? yeah. 18.
1: But yeah, by the end of high school, I mean, our company, um, our company was making, and again, the wholesaling company at the time, we hadn't started acquiring properties or anything like that. I mean, we were. I think we did uh, when I was seventeen. We did over seven hundred k in revenue that year. Amazing. And again, that's what I'm like going to college yeah uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna
0: get a better education than that
1: yeah dude you're gonna lose money if you go to college so I was like, okay
0: <laughs> yeah yeah in comparison to that uh absolutely now did what did your friends think I mean I, I know that you you said you didn't have a lot of friends um yeah. which I think you were probably downplaying things because I was homeschooled <laughs> I I you know it's not the same obviously but um you know you have some friends so I mean yeah. what did what yeah, did
1: they so I I I ended up playing golf and did. Golf. I, did I played sports and stuff for uh, for a local high school and you know I, of course yeah you you've got so I'll put it this way I I uh, I have acquaintances right I have people I know uh, a friend I have my mother <laughs> so there you but the go. reality <laughs> is the reality is you know I think um, it, you, we're on a whole different wavelength right you're talking to guys that you know are worried about oh yeah like we're going to this party or we're you know we're doing this or like we're trying to play it out like whatever it's like we're not even on the same thought process right so the conversation honestly wasn't even had like if, if i talk about yeah like i'm working with the seller right now and you know we're figuring out you know how to make sure he doesn't go into foreclosure and on the 18th and this i like it's just like the conversation wasn't even had it's a yeah. reality they knew you know from their perspective it was like oh yeah Willie he works with his parents in real estate and Blah, 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 And I've never been the guy to kind of boast, right? Like I've never been, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Because the reality is, one, I just didn't need – I didn't care to tell you what I was working, nor did I need validation or anything like that. And I knew, uh one, these, these, these kids at the time were not – again, we're not even on the same wavelength. So I just really didn't talk about it with them. Uh It was just more so, yeah, you're working a lot, and you see me whenever we're doing what we're doing. So, again, at the time, it was like, hey, we're going to play golf or we're going to go run across country, that's when I saw him. And so literally when I say, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't have friends because like I, you know, socially awkward, whatever one might think of a you know homeschooled person. It was more or less, that was my choice of why would I hang around the guy that's thinking about, you know, whatever he's thinking about, something completely pointless, you know, in duty. my eyes. Right, Call of Duty, right? <laughs> uh, or should I go you know, talk to guys like Stan about, hey, do you want to go buy this deal in Nickel Town, right? Like, that's what I bought, you yeah. know? And so the reality was- You didn't have a lot too,
0: of like, common ground with, with your peers, basically.
1: Exactly, didn't have common ground and I also didn't want it. I didn't want the influence. I didn't want the influence of what, you know, I mean, because again, uh, you know, whether it's uh, spending time at a movie or spending time of anything that was outside of my, you know, my goal at the time was just, Finding the next deal, finding the next deal, talking to buyers, talking to sellers, anything outside of that, uh, besides in my immediate family, it didn't matter to me. It, it really didn't. And so, like I said, I did play golf and things like that, which I'm so glad I did because that skill has been able to translate into, you know, doing things I'm doing now with raising money and, you know, all types of stuff in, in our in our game of real estate. But the reality is, you know, I, I really avoided um anybody that was not going to get me closer to, to my goal at the time, which was finding the next deal.
0: Interesting. So yeah, was there, did your peers, you know, did they think you were crazy? Were they jealous? Did they just <laughs> or Were they just completely oblivious?
1: Honestly, probably oblivious. I mean, I don't, you know, and at the time too, I was not like I was spending my money. Right. Again, it was, I, again, I separate things, right. So it's the company's making this money and it's just going right back into the company. So it was just, this is to build the company right back into it, right back into it. So I'm still again, doing my thing. And, and again, they really probably just thought I was just working with my parents. Like, Oh, he's doing construction or whatever. Sure. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, like whatever this kid, it, it, you know? And so, you know, i I think probably from that time, I literally, I think I have one contact from those high school days of a guy I just play golf with now. And um, long, it's kind of funny. Cause he ended up going to Clemson. And he's actually my architect now. So oh, again, that? it's, it's yeah. So we, we ended up kind of uh, coming back, but again, it's still in my world, right? It's like, you know, again, I, I follow a philosophy and I didn't do this at the time, but lo- looking back, it really is. It's like the concept of doing just one thing. I call it job, you know, because in this world, we've got all these things we can be doing. You know, we could, we could, you know, I mean, you get a text right now. Hey, do you want to go to downtown? Do you want to, whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, I was jotting. I was just doing one thing. I was focused. And I think people really in this world need to focus. Everything works or many things work, not everything. I should say many things work, whether it's from a marketing strategy, whether that's from a strategy of you know performing in real estate, right? What about wholesaling? What about subject two? What about becoming a realtor? It all works, but you got to Focus. You yep. have to focus and master all. it. You can't do all of it. And if you do, you try to do all this, it's got, you're going to get distracted. So you got to focus, you got to dial in and go all in. And so that's what I was doing. And that's why I still believe, you know, we're doing other strategies now, but it's like I mastered those, finding the deal. And guess what? Do it, fi- Mastering finding the deal, that allows you to, uh, to branch off to many other things. But at the end of the day, if you find a good deal, you know, that's the first step, you know? And I think a lot of times we- It's the hardest uh, step yeah yeah it's the hardest step it's like we got to start we got to do it you
0: know so um did with you being homeschooled and and all of that like did your parents see that you were gifted in this and did they kind of meld your education around that or or did that did those kind of worlds not intertwine
1: yeah yeah so again like at that time i mean they were just getting started in their real estate career as well and i was Again, basically, in, with them along the journey, and I think um, you know my parents—they they've always been supportive. Whatever we decide to do, whether that is again, my my—I do have two other siblings, two brothers. My one of my brothers—he's in the tech space. He ended up starting his company at like 18 years old. My other brother—he's a—he's a streamer. He's a Twitch streamer, and uh, whatever we've done, they've always been supportive. And whatever we want to do, they've always been there to have our backs, whether that's emotionally or. You know, you know, they've never been the parents of, hey, like we, we don't come from you know money. Right. So they've never been able to give us checks or anything like that, per se. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, like I said, when they started, is when I started. So the reality is, as they were learning and becoming real estate investors, or again, they were just slippers, um, is when I got into it. So it was a really beautiful thing. And as I evolved as a wholesaler, again, I even ended up, i do not not a lot, again, they were definitely not my biggest buyer, but I would sell them deals. You know, of course, I'd cherry pick and the best deals, sell them to them. And then eventually, um, you know, uh, again, I just started just building a true business by myself. But the reality is, you know, I think um, it was really good for me to start when they started. Because again, I was kind of learning things along the way to answer your question of, you know, was there special education? No, not necessarily. Uh, but they they, they did provide the opportunity for us. Right. Again, they put us in the room. So again, at, at that age of, you know, I guess I was 15. My brother was you know, 17, 18 at the time. They, they brought us along. So whatever they were doing, they would always have us around uh, because they were never like, Hey, this is what you're going to do. You know, some parents are like, you're going to math. You're going to be an accountant. You're good at this. And we're going to, you know, you're, you're going to go to this accounting school, whatever. No, no, no. So it was, it was really beautiful to have the ability to choose. Right. It's like, they would say, Hey, this is what you can do. This is what we do. And y'all go pick what you want to do. But they were always, hey, provided the opportunity. Um, so again, so thankful for my parents. Again, they did not teach me all the ins and outs of what I'm doing today. But they did provide the opportunity of get us in the room yep. and get us whatever exposure that may be. Uh, again, whether that was, hey, you want to go pursue a career in golf? All right, we're here for you. We'll take you whatever tournament, whatever. So they were there for that. Um, and they've always been great to get us in the room, wherever that might be.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now, um, one thing I'm trying to picture is like a 15 year old, like wholesaling, <laughs> like talking to these old crusty investors. Like, did you ever feel <laughs> like disrespected by the real estate community because of your age or anything like that? Or or did, were you able to just kind of
1: like fit right in Did and, you know, oh, yeah. people didn't all didn't the time care all the time, man. I mean, even, even to this day, I mean, people will discount you. I mean, to this day now, I mean, I've got. Uh, a lot of results, you know, I've always been a results driven person and kind of let results speak for themselves. But the reality is, I mean, whether it's age, race, um, you know, uh, class, people always judge you. Right. And, you know, we can't control what people think. We, we can't, you know, I'm not, I can't sit in front of you and, and try to pitch you and say, "Stand, look at me. I'm so great. No, no, no. I'm good at talking to you No, no, no. Like, it's like, no, you can't do that. The body of work um, the reality, for itself at the dude, end of the day. The reality is the work speaks for itself. You know, it's like results speak. So if I come to you and say, Hey, I have this deal, or hey, I've done this deal, check it out. You know, we bought one, two, three, main street, check it out. Here it is. I've always been a very visual result person. Um, and so for example, with wholesaling, when I, I'm in those rooms, um, I'm not ignorant to the fact of my youth race, you know, class, whatever you want to call it. I'm not ignorant to the fact and I'm not ignorant to the fact that I will be judged one way or another. And so when it comes to buyers, you know, leading with I would always again the Gary V model or whatever you want to call it, it's like leave a value. So for example, I would say, you know, when I was building a buyer's list, I would approach people and say, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I've done this, and how can I help you? Because anything outside of that, they don't nobody cares. Like I don't. I don't care what you're doing. Great. But like lead with value. I think that's what people mess up. It's like we always hear about it. But guys, just do it. Like ask people, how can I help you? But not just how you can help them. Actually help them. So if they say, hey, I'm looking for deals. I'm looking for deals in this zip code. Blah, 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 blah. What I would do is this, guys. I would say, look, I would approach people and say, hey, my name is Willie Coleman. Um, you know, I've seen you around. You seem like a heavy hitter. Um, you know, I'm in the wholesaling real estate space. You know, what are you looking for? Get what they're looking for. But not just that. I would say, hey, could you tell me what you bought, like, in the last, you know, 60 days? Like, what actual properties did you buy? The exact properties. I would get the actual address. I would take those addresses down, and I would go hunting for them, right? Um, When you lead with whatever you're doing in life, lead with adding value and serving the other person. So I would serve that buyer, uh, not in the sense of, hey, I'm working for you. But I'm working to uh, find exactly what you're looking for in my business, and I'll provide the opportunity to you. And most buyers, especially like in a, in a hot market, you know, if one buyer is looking, you know, in a certain zip code, nine times out of 10, 50 other buyers are as well. So lead with value. And I would go get these deals, go get them, lock them up and say, hey, got this thing locked up. Do you want it? And it's like, OK, this guy's leading with actual value he's going to do the work versus a guy so imagine a guy that asks you those questions he comes back to you 30 days later and says hey i got it versus the guy that says hey what are you looking for and hey can i call you for advice every other day you and you just nag them and it's just like you have to think how the person what is the other person's goal and just go provide that right it's not easy but it's simple
0: yep yeah Yeah. and and uh, i mean i'll say from experience i've had you know obviously particularly uh you know from 2020 through 2022 there was a new wholesaler you know every couple of days in greenville and they had i'm sure they were reaching out to you they're reaching out to me and you know i'd tell them well here's what i'm looking for and then you know they'd send me some millhouse and anderson i'm just like i never said i wanted houses and anderson like did you listen
1: yeah did you listen
0: Uh, that it's not it's not that hard but at the same time but what's happening in those situations is the deals are hard to source and so they're like well this is the closest thing i could find i think is what's going on there um but you've got to put in the real work i mean wholesaling i think is in my opinion the hardest real estate task to do because you've got to have enough margin for multiple different people and that's really really hard to to pull off so I, i I have a lot of respect for, uh, for the people that do it currently, or that got into the business doing that. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. If you can figure
1: out how to, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just say you can figure out how to find deals. You can always eat, because if you can find a good deal, no matter what your strategy is, subject to wholesale owner finance wrap. if you can be a good person at sourcing quality deals, You'll be okay in any market in my opinion.
0: yeah absolutely um so y- you mentioned some of the uh, disrespect and and whatnot on on class race all-, all those different types of things um you know one mm-hmm. thing i i really like and i don't know if this is unique to greenville per se but the greenville real estate investing scene i feel like is very diverse men women you know asians hispanics russians black white everything. Like, I've run into so many different investors from so many different backgrounds. And I just think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Have there been racial challenges that you've run into? Or maybe maybe advantages too? I mean, take that in whatever direction you want? What what is that like as a as a black man investing in real estate in South Carolina?
1: Sure. So when it comes to race, I think, uh I'll put it this way. I think that no matter what you do, we all have disadvantages, right? Whether you're minority, female, you know, you could have a disadvantage as being a white male, right? One could say, depending on which side you're on. Um, And the reality is it's a game, right? We're playing a game, you know? And I think no matter what disadvantage you have, I think it's important to identify the disadvantage, and move accordingly because the reality is we're talking we're dealing with people you know and and like i said you're not going to be able to change people's mind fundamentally if somebody's racist or somebody you know is prejudiced like i'm not going to do a deal because he's a black guy it's like okay <laughs> you're lost all right you're lost on to the next one Yep. It, it is a matter of don't get me wrong it pisses me off it teases me off whatever to have those encounters I mean it definitely happened a ton coming up in terms of like just in life you know going in a store and like always being watched I mean I was yesterday I was at a store uh walking around and people were just like watching me I was in the middle of nowhere it's like <laughs> you just see the eyes it's like okay you know that's, it's just yeah like, that's
0: gotta be unsettling
1: yeah it's just and it's just, it's it's honestly just how we, how we live, you know, it, it sure. is what it is. And yeah, it's definitely a long conversation there, but yeah, the reality sure. is it's like, when you understand what's going on, it's like, okay, we understand that some people, for example, in real estate, I'll use examples here. Um, if I call a homeowner, you know, and I say, Hey, my name is Willie Coleman, this or the other, sometimes people might not be able to tell my race on the phone, right? They might not be able to tell. But if I actually come out, they're like, okay, yeah, this guy's young, whatever, whatever. And, you know, my thing is, you know, in my brain, I can say, oh, they're going to think this, they're going to think that. They've got to you know, make America great again, this, and this, and the other. And, you know, they got a Confederate flag. And, like, you know, they, they could possibly be a little prejudiced, maybe, because of all those signs, possibly. Um, and if that's the case, it's like I could start going to my head all day long, this, or the other. Or I could just say, you know what, that's the case, and let me just lead with my knowledge and let me just leave with facts and let me just know my shit because the reality is the guy that goes in and doesn't know what he's talking about or the guy that goes in and can solve a problem you know we're dealing with people and we're dealing with people that are in distress and i always just said you know what i already know i'm starting behind right we have to work and i say we as you know whether you're a minority a female or whatever your disadvantage is You can have a disadvantage of not physically being in a location. There's all types of disadvantages. Identify your disadvantage and, you know, perform at your highest level. So to me, I always, you know, was affected or I felt like I was affected by, again, those those things. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to become the best. And, you know, it's sad to say, but hopefully that would compensate for any of the other preconceived notions. And the reality is, man, I think I've dealt with some crazy people. I've dealt with a guy – so funny, I I cold called him and, uh, or somebody on my team was cold calling him. I called him to get a contract and he said, you know, there was a tenant living in the property at the time. And he said, um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's a tenant in there and he lived there for, you know, five, six years. He keeps saying he's going to buy it, but you know, he's a black guy and you know, you know, how they are with finance. And he said that while I'm on the phone. Right. Wow. And he's talking directly to me. And I said, Oh, okay. Um, and and one in that moment I could have been like, well, hold on now, like I'm a black guy. How dare right. you this or the other? This No, 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 like I could have rebutted and, and and I could have been right morally and this or the other, but the reality is I said, "Oh, I didn't agree with him obviously." I said, oh, "Okay." And moved on. Ended up he said that, right? So I understood the the possible disadvantage that our team could face with doing this deal. Yeah. So what did I do? I moved accordingly. I ended up doing it all virtually, so I sent him a contract virtually. Ended up ha- telling my attorney the situation of what he told me, so we ended up closing at two separate times. So he went inside his paperwork, I went inside my pit work, bought his house, and guess what? This black guy ended up creating one hundred fifty thousand dollars in equity, but we don't know what we're doing with our money. <laughs> so, so the reality is,
0: so you you, you know, turn like, you turn you turn that into your advantage.
1: Exactly. It's like okay, awesome. All right, you've already told you. You know, somebody has. He showed he showed his hand a little bit. Show me your hand. You know, so it's like identify that. Let's get that out of the way immediately. I said you were a ruthless
0: negotiator. I wasn't joking. You're, <laughs> you're like a poker player over dude,
1: here, dude. <laughs> dude. So it's like you know, you can get mad at your disadvantage, or you can understand your disadvantage and move accordingly. Again, so so other scenarios is you. Well, sometimes you can't always do things virtually. You go out to the property. They say, oh, I don't want to sell it to you, or or they, you know, typically, again, racism or president, it's not always done directly, you know, said or directly, you know, whatever. But but things happen. It's like, okay, I didn't get that deal. Why didn't I get that deal? It wasn't logic. It didn't make sense. I mean, I've had things even on our um, construction side. I'm getting into new build construction now, and I've had a framer tell me. um, He told me, he said, and I'm not going to give out names here or anything, but there's somebody locally that probably is just probably a little intimidated by my age or race whatever they are intimidated by or that i'm just doing cool cool dope stuff and they told this gentleman he does a lot of framing for them or whatever and they told him they said you know if i would have known you were doing that property for willie coleman i would have paid you and it was thousands of dollars they said we would pay you i think it was like five ten thousand dollars to not do the job for me wow just so they wouldn't okay. do it for me right and that's <laughs> things that happens behind the scenes right it's wild. like it's just crazy man it's like you can't even make this stuff up and it's like you know that type of stuff it's never not gonna happen people are always gonna have their preconceived notions and you just gotta understand it happens but guess what it is what it is we gotta keep moving yep. don't let it hold you back quit using it as an excuse you know because the reality is i you know again that guy could have said that i could have responded to him and oh i didn't get the deal oh i'm mad oh and i could say stan it's so much easier for you with to but or i could say okay yeah black people don't know how to deal with their money but <laughs> <laughs> like like it's like so you know so i just use it um and on the other side where right, you get people that you know you go to them and they're so happy they're like oh my god the youth is coming in your minority like yeah let me do the deal with you versus doing it with you know traditional you know, traditional crusty might... investor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they like the new blood, they like the minority side, right? So that does happen too, right? For sure. Um, you know, but but unfortunately, I wish that happened more times. Usually, we right. are a little bit, you know, or you submit an offer and it's like, I know, I know that was the best offer, and it's like we just never heard back. So it's gonna happen. Yeah. But like I said, the reality is, you just gotta keep moving, uh, understand it is, and adapt accordingly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I guess the the one positive about real estate in this discussion is that of I mean, I can't think of maybe maybe the stock market to a certain extent trading maybe to a certain extent, but there's not too many businesses that are more free market, and just focused on money over everything else than real estate, right? Like, if you bring people a good deal, and they turn it down, because of all of these peripheral things, they're just losing money they're just not helping hmm. themselves um yep. and and most real estate investors are are honestly too greedy to do that they might be prejudiced or biased or whatever but money is gonna trump that to use I, I hate to use that <laughs> word in this discussion yeah, yeah. But, um but it, it money is gonna is gonna win out at the end of the day um but yeah that thank you for that I was I was really curious you know We've talked a little bit about that on the side, but I was really sure. curious to to hear a little bit more. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. So you're Gen Z, right? You would be mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. you'd be considered Gen Z. Do you, and and I don't want to go too much longer here because uh, this has been a great discussion, and uh, we're both busy. I've I've got a ton of notes, and I'm not going to get through <laughs> all of these. Um, no worries. But it but as far as Gen Z goes, do you feel like your generation views real estate differently than Previous generations did, or or not so much.
1: Oh, absolutely, completely different. I think the idea of home ownership uh, kind of has it's not necessarily the American dream anymore. I don't think it is the top of everybody's to do list by any means. I think uh, that's one thing in terms of the traditional side. Uh, why that's the case, I haven't done enough research to, to give an educated answer on that. Uh, but uh, you know, my thing is just like from my perspective of being a Gen Z um, it's like, well, people always have to live somewhere. It doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. You have to lay your head down somewhere, whether that's an apartment building, multifamily, duplex, single family home, whatever. And so my thing is like, well, they might not want a Gen Z or whatever. They might not be buying real estate, but they're always gonna have to live in real estate. So uh, from my perspective, it's like that belief is kind of ignorant to a certain extent. I do kind of see the the understanding of it like even from my perspective I don't own uh I don't necessarily own a house that I live in um I actually well I do some creative stuff with our companies and I actually rent a house that I that our company owns but I don't I don't personally own a house because the reality is personally own a house one could actually argue it does not make much sense sure. from a financial liability or not liability, but just it's a responsibility. You gotta keep up with the grass, you gotta keep up the roof. Yeah, you, you know, there is maintenance to for maintenance you have to keep up with. So I do get it. Uh but from the perspective of an investment, all day long it just makes sense to own real estate, depreciation, you know, not having to really end up paying taxes or that whatever, you know. You know, so I think people from a investment standpoint should probably change their minds a little bit. But yeah, I definitely, you know, just from you know, even dealing with buyers and, and, and renting to to the Gen Z uh, world, just hearing their mindset. It's it's completely different dealing with, you know, whether it's a baby boomer or you know even millennials, right? They're still, you know, on the concept of owning. So it's very interesting. The new generation has, you know, the next 10, 15 years evolve. We're going to definitely be seeing an uh, interesting market, I think, with the new generation.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting. I wonder how much of that is just uh, affordability, you know, because like homeownership being the American dream, I think a lot of it was we've got these government loan programs that kind of subsidize real estate and make it, you know, affordable for people mm-hmm. who otherwise would not be able to to purchase a home. But now the average first time homebuyer is 36 years old, which is the highest ever. And so, I, wow. I you know, I wonder how much that that contributes to what you're saying. I would imagine quite... Quite a bit, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, changing gears a little bit here, um, I know that you, your business, is separate from your parents and has been kind of. It, I mean, would you say it's always been separate from your parents?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, it's literally, since the day I started our company, I started separate. Um, you know, although my parents have been an amazing guide, you know in terms of you know life advice and you know dealing with people um i've never like worked to where you know my mom's never been working and cold calling and she never worked in the wholesale business or my dad or anything like that um you know again i i've i'm big on like partnerships so like i've sold them deals uh i've even partnered with them as i started buying properties i've partnered with them right might as well keep it in the family because it just makes sense um, but, but yeah, like I built my own company. So again, I started at, I used a cold call. I built, I, I started hiring virtual assistants. So I built a virtual assistant team. We've got 10 cold callers that are all over the world. We've got people in Colombia and in the Philippines, just cold calling and sending texts. That's all they do all day is find the next deal. You know, on the local scale, I've I've hired an operations assistant to help me, you know, with, you know, at this point, I don't think I got too far into it, but you know, again, I started as a wholesaler, which was great because I was able to identify deals. And then I started buying properties. So at 17 years old, I started buying buying rental properties. I built up a rental portfolio. Then I got into short-term rentals back in 2020. Everybody and their mama probably did. And I hopped in the bandwagon, frankly. <laughs> uh, I started doing short-term rentals like Airbnb, VRBO, stuff like that. And now I've transitioned into the luxury real estate side of things. So, uh, for example, like I've, I, I, I'm i'm currently doing a a a property where i raised 1.5 million dollars we tore down a single family house and we're just trying to do real estate but lead with perfection versus profit you know a lot of times in our business people are leading with oh the profit the profit margin so i can't use that stove because that's going to take us over budget um so anyway i've kind of changed my model a little bit in the past year to really do more fulfilling projects and doing projects that i actually really, really impassioned about and and, and unique properties, things that, you know, we are in a market where I believe is a huge opportunity. I mean, we're well into our growth, but we got a long way to go in Greenville. And I want to be the start of creating real estate that is not what you see every day. You know, I'm doing houses where we're putting elevators, we're putting theater rooms, we're providing smart homes where every room has a speaker. And, you know, there's just you know, t- I, I took a trip to Europe a couple months back, and I said, you know what, you know everything in Europe, you know is very, um, you know every country has things ahead and behind, of, of course, but things like uh, you know uh, sleek lines and clean and and just doing things, simplifying things. So that's really what I'm bringing to Greenville right now. Is you know a lot of LA inspiration and, and European inspiration. Uh, it's I'm bringing that to Greenville because I believe that. The reality is um, that's what's missing. And I want to solve a problem for people that want to be in Greenville, but, you know, they also want to have notes of other parts of the globe, not just your standard traditional, whether that's the farmhouse modern or whether that's the craftsman, you know, that's kind of an everyday flip. And it's like, you know what, how do we switch that up a little bit? So that's my next side. And I say, all say, you know, I had built a team uh, and building a team actively. Again, I just got a lady in operations to help us, really put all this together i don't go and hire builders i'm very ocd about everything we do so whether that's you know picking light fixtures out or you know whether that's um the cabinetry whatever leading with a more artistic creating creative side of things versus thinking about profit so um to do that i can't really do the two three hundred hundred dollar house anymore so I'm only really doing high, high margin, big, big deals. Like I said, I just raised 1.5 to do a new construction property, uh, to do some of this stuff, to make a vision, this vision come to life. And so definitely we're at a pivotal point in our business. And it's definitely an interesting time with you know the market and interest rates and things like that. And so I just said, you know what? Let me just give this to God and say, you know what? I want to be creative. And God let all the numbers and things like that, the market, it all worked out at the end. Yeah, I, I've always done flips that way. I've never thought about, oh, like, for example, I went to an area in Greenville where I would create comps. And the way I did that was I would, I bought, for example, in like uh, the West Side, I bought four houses at one time. I renovated all of them and then I put two in the market. So I was able to sell two and then it made it easier to refinance two. You know, so there's things that, you know, people are saying, oh, well, you can't do whatever the market says. You can't outdo the markets. So, like, well, we ever thought about, Somebody starts a market, somebody sets a bar. So let's just keep raising the bar.
0: Yeah. The market you know? is just people.
1: It's just people. It's it's literally money is money's not real. Like it's just like it's all made up. It's all what we decide it is. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Let's just move a different way. So anyway, and um, the and I, and the
0: good thing for yeah. you as far as that strategy yeah. goes is like the the part of the market that's been that's the most insulated from all of these interest rates increases what that is the luxury market
1: yeah yeah the, the reality is you know I, one could say you're no you're serving the rich right now i hate to say it that way it might be true i'm i'm serving the clientele that they don't care about interest rates they don't care about they want what they want you know it's like oh the house is out here the house is, yeah i want it you know i'll pay cash for it it's like there we go who gives a shit about interest rates that's just the reality
0: yeah for sure so if you if there's someone listening that they would like they're they're in real estate or, or maybe another business, they, they want their kids to get involved in it maybe as a family business, maybe not, maybe kind of the model that you did where you learned from your family, but then ultimately did your own thing. What advice would you give
1: yeah.
0: to, the, to those parents?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tough one. <laughs> I, I think this, I think that uh, at the end of the day, we all have, have you know, uh, things that we want. Ooh, I, I'm not a parent yet, so I can't speak from the parent perspective as much. But yeah, from, from the child know, perspective. Yeah, from the child perspective, I feel like the the child has to want whatever they're doing. And, they and, and, and to have... just to be
0: clear, I'm asking you this question because I think a lot of parents desire that, but I think a lot of children don't. So that's why I'm exactly. asking. That's why I'm asking you that.
1: Exactly. I think I think parents need to. You know, every situation is different. Everybody grew up in a different way, right? You know, people go through childhood. Uh, you know, trauma, right? And they're and or you know they go, they go through a struggle in their life that might say, you know what, I'm going to be a hustler because I don't ever want to have the challenge again or whatever that might be. I think you know at the end of the day, people have to find themselves in a way, right? They have to figure out what they're passionate about, but not even, not even figure out what you're passionate about, because I believe, you know, one, maybe it should even do what they're not passionate about to fill, you know, to give them the, the resources to go do what they're passionate about. Sure. And I think, look, you know, little Johnny, if you want to go, you know, become a, you know, uh, architect, well, to become an architect, keep that in your mind. You want to be an architect. You want to end up going to Clemson or whatever. Great. Well, to get there, the parent might need to, like, give them a little tough love, right? It's not a free ride, right? I don't think you can really teach hustle and drive. You can't really teach that. It has to come with, you know, from within. And so I would say it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the best lesson is, you know, hey, look, you, no, you, you don't have an allowance. You've got to go figure it out. So that might be go have them become a landscaper. Go have them you know, go do the, the dishes, go, you know, work the neighborhood, whatever that might be, you know, but, but kind of create, you have to create that drive in them. So honestly, you know, not, not, uh, you know, my, that's my goal. You know, as I look at it today, that might change tomorrow as a parent, my intention, obviously my kid will have every resource and they can think of anything. But the reality is my intent really is to, to, to get them to be driven And so whatever they want, they're going to have to work for it. It's just that simple. You know, it's like, hey, you want to, you know, go to your summer camp? Well, it costs 500 bucks. All right. Well, you can, you're going to get in my truck and we're going to go do real estate. You might hate it. That's okay. You might hate it. You might fall in love with it, whatever. But whichever side you land on, either way, it's going to drive you and say, I hate this. And I never want to, you know, be in the car with my dad again to to look at houses. Okay, great. Well, now you know what you don't want. Yeah. So go work for what you do want, you know? So- find I another think, way to make uh, 500 bucks exactly exactly i think it's got to come within uh of their drive and at the end of the day um they've got to want it you cannot you know you, they people watch interviews with me all the time or you know i meet with people and they're like man i just was my kid da, da, da. it's like would you and they say would you be able to talk to them i'm like well yeah but i'm i'm just gonna tell them like hey what do you want and they're like why well, i just want to go play call of duty i'm like okay what well, do you want anything else do you want to do you want to go to california like and they were like, oh yeah, I would love to do that. But yeah, my my parents still pay for it. I'm like, well, what if they don't? What would you do? And so it's like, you know, you got you, you got to kind of find what the you know what what's what's in it for them, and uh, really start there, uh, not just no Johnny, you're gonna do this. You're gonna be like Willie. It's like no, they're not gonna do that again. For me, it was like I felt like I didn't love everything I did, but God was giving me that talent, and I said, you know what, I don't want to take the traditional path. So I'm driven by not going the traditional path. And that's, again, what drove me to be great at, you know, the entrepreneur side of, of business and stuff like that. But again, that's not taught. It's more discovered and, and, and the person's got to want it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot yeah. more that I, I've had written down that I wanted to discuss, <laughs> but, uh, but this is we'll a great conversation. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to call this because, uh, i told you right before i got a contract right before we went on the show i've got to review it's that it. i'm sure you've got you're actually oh, yeah. for those that are watching it you're actually in one of your airbnb properties right Currently? i am yep, yep. all right Sitting so that's awesome in
1: one of our Airbnbs. Yeah. so we're gonna have to do
0: a part two uh at some point not probably not this year but maybe next year at some point and and talk about your yeah. airbnb business because i think that'll be really interesting but i want to close Absolutely. with this one question if you could go back to your 15 year old self with the knowledge you have now about real estate, what would you, what would be one thing that you would want to tell your 15 year old self about real estate?
1: Don't second guess, go for your gut. You know, I think a lot of times as 15, uh, or, or when I was starting at 15, it was like, oh, what about this? Well, they're gonna think this, they're gonna think that. It's like, dude, just do it. Just do it. Move, Move with a sense of urgency. I think America has a problem in general. I mean, you go out to a fast food restaurant, you go out to a restaurant, people are not moving with a sense of urgency. I'm not even talking about being motivated by money or what. I'm just saying, like, take over your feet and do the work. It's like, it. It. it, it and once you start doing it, stop second-guessing yourself. You know, it's like, even if you're doing it and you're doing it wrong, well, fail, fail fast, fail forward. I don't believe in the idea of failing. I just think we... Fall forward because whatever we do, we're just learning and we just keep learning. So move you're you're learning how to do it better. Exactly. Move quick. And that's how when you start moving, even if you're not doing the right thing, you start building momentum. You know, like again, as you start putting stuff out, momentum starts. So I tell myself, stop second guessing and move quick. I wouldn't change anything, go, oh, what I I made mistakes. Of course, yeah. I've lost deals, lost earnest money. I mean, I probably, you know, lost a ton of money. Great. It's like great. Lose faster. Feel fill fast and feel forward and move with a sense of urgency. That's awesome. Great advice.
0: Willie, thank you so much for your time. This has been uh really enjoyable for me. I always enjoy talking to you just in general. Um yes, uh, but, uh, but I think that this will translate well for the audience. I think they'll enjoy it. It's probably gonna um I'm probably gonna run this at end of October, maybe early November. We're recording this October 16th. Um, so um it'll I'm I'm out of town during that period of time so that'll be a good time to run it um, yeah. but uh, but anyway I really appreciate it How if people want to get a hold of you how can they find you
1: yeah man if you want to get a hold of me guys find me on Instagram it's at uh on Instagram and just shoot me a DM would love to connect with you on however I can help whether that's do you want to deal with you or just pointing you in the right direction of who can help hit me up and that's
0: willie w-i-l-l-i-e dot coleman correct. correct all right Perfect. yes sir All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Willie. Uh, Thank you to everyone watching or listening. Again, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. Uh, Please support the show by liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and we will talk again next time.